Welcome to the Willow Ridge Sermons Podcast. This is where you can find audio from Sunday morning messages and more. Make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss future episodes. And thanks for listening. Well, good morning. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open them all the way to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 is where we're going to start off this morning. Uh, As you turn there, uh, I want to remind everyone, I hope you've already heard about this, we are taking a missions trip uh, to Salt Lake City for our adults here at our church on May 17th through the 22nd, so pretty quick trip that we're going to do there. Uh, After service today in room 102, I'm going to do just a brief informational meeting where I can give you guys some information that has things like the cost and and, and what we're, the serving ministry that we're going to do, who we're going to partner with, all that stuff is in there as you think through that. And so hopefully you can make it. If you can't make it, then reach out to me this week if you're interested in going and I can share all of those things uh, with you. So as Berger shared, um, I think it was about six to eight months ago, I was kind of navigating through what I want to do for the first of the year, and, and I was really felt like I uh, want to take on a big, a larger book of the Bible and work all the way through it. So I threw out some options, uh, and I was praying like, like, Lord, as we direct through this, like, just speak through us so that we can see, and, and resounding just got over and over and over again with Genesis. And so um, I am terrified and excited at the same time, because uh, we're going to walk through all 50 chapters of Genesis this morning, all right? I'm just kidding. All right. But over the course of this series, we're going to work through all 50 chapters of Genesis. So I want to kind of share a little bit with what that will look like. Uh, if you ask me, normally every other series I've ever done, if you were to say, hey, but when does this one end? I can be like, well, this is nine weeks, this is 12 weeks, this is 13 weeks, this is four weeks. Like we, we plan through and, and we know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know when we're going to end. I know we're going to begin and we're going to end when, when God gets us there. Uh, but here's what we're going to do. Strategically throughout there, we will take breaks. Uh, We'll take a break over Easter. We'll take a break on Graduate Recognition Sunday. We'll take breaks when guest speakers come. Um, But for the most part, if you see me standing on stage outside of of one of our holidays that we celebrate in here, we're going to be navigating through through Genesis, okay? Um, Now, there are some some things that I want to impress on you, um, especially uh, for those of you who are following up conversations with this with your, with your small groups. I, I think this is important. Um, it's a tendency because studying the New Testament and, and, and studying the Old Testament uh, has some different dynamics to us as we work through that, okay? Most of us are usually the most comfortable in working through the New Testament, right? It's, it's Jesus, it's the church. These are things that we're confident and, and comfortable in, um, maybe except for Revelation, right? Um, and so we're a little afraid to, to work through the Old Testament. And, and being through that, when we work through the Old Testament, we can have some bad habits that can typically flare up in us about uh, the Old Testament as we study. So when, when we study Scripture as a whole, right, Scripture is not the story of us. Uh, scripture is the story of God. And so when we approach Scripture, it, it's not God, how, tell me more about me. It's God, tell me more about you. And then learning of you and your beauty and your holiness and your perfection and all of those things. Yes, God teaches stuff, uh, teaches us things about ourselves, uh, things about others, but the focus of it is the, is the Lord. But when we study the Old Testament, we can have a tendency uh, to, to drift from that. 
and they become moralistic stories of, of characters and uh, where, where, where the character is the focus or we are the focus. And so we tend to draw some things from that, that that may be a good lesson that we can learn, but it's not the overarching truth that God wants to point us to. And so as we study through these, what we are looking for as we walk through every verse of Genesis is we're going to be identifying God, we're going to be identifying Christ, we're going to be identifying God's plan for redemption and salvation, and what does that mean for us on this side of the cross and in the hope of eternity of God's plan and redemption for man, right? Not some moralistic story of how in and of ourselves we can just become better. So as you read through this with us, as we go through this season in Genesis, and as you read through anything in the Old Testament, just wanna impress you on that. At the end of your reading, if you or someone else is the main star of the story, then we've missed it, as God is the start of the story. So we're gonna dive in here in just a moment and listen to me on this, and then I'm going to give a clause. We're going to, we're going to walk through the seven days of creation. Now, some of you are like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's six days of creation, but I know, but I'm going to call it seven this morning, and hopefully we can see. And don't brand me a heretic till afterwards. And I, and I think you'll, you'll see what we're, what we're getting to with this as we see as God continues uh, to, to create and, and what that looks like, all right? So let's start Genesis 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created. Now pause there for just a second. If you're a person that likes to underline, highlight, make notes, I would encourage you to underline, make note, highlight this word created. Because there's a couple of different words that we're going to point through as we see, as we read through this creation account. All right. And created is one. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So here's what we see in day one. These are mirror points, and there's be lots of little things that we talk about, uh, a, a little maybe in time, but powerful and large in significance for each one. So in day one, what we see is the creation of heavens, earth, light, and water. And, and here in verse 1, we get some powerful things that we're going to cling to for this, all right? Now, I've read more than, than I've ever read in the Genesis creation account over the course of the last two months as I prepare for this. And there's lots of wonderful biblical-centered, gospel-minded individuals who are way smarter than I am that, that talk through all of the things that are going to happen in creation. And what is remarkable as they talk through all of these things is we'll find differences in their accounts. Differences in their explanations of what happened exactly and took place. And here's what makes the creation account so unique. And, and really what we see happen in Genesis 1, Genesis 2, and even in Genesis 3, so unique is you and I have nothing to compare it to. 
You and I have no experience that would align with what Genesis 1 is talking about. And so that as we work through this, our mind tries to rationalize and explain to ourselves things that are incapable in many ways from us fully rationalizing and understanding. And so we find differences. And what I'm not going to do over the course of this is argue back and forth what I think godly men and godly women disagree about who love the Lord when it comes to the creation account. And instead begin to draw from this what we do see and then from this how this explains to me who God is so I can understand him in a greater depth in his beauty, his holiness, his majesty, and his power. In verse one, is one of these powerful verses. Verse one, probably a verse that all of us know, like in the same ballpark as John three sixteen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so here's what we can draw from, from this one short verse that most of us have memorized and set into our hearts that we begin to understand and know the truth of creation. Here's the things that in our differences as we can work through in the details of creation, but things that we cling to and hold to is the truth of Scripture. Right here in these verses, that number one, that God is the creator. God created we're not gonna read a story of a theory. We're not gonna read a story of chance. We're gonna read the story of God and God created in every aspect that we are going to see that God is the creator. God is the all-powerful. And in this, that God is the origin and the means of all of the creation that it came from him, that even in that not only he is the creator, but God did not grab ingredients that pre-existed and meld them together in order to create creation. That from every atom and every element and every molecule that we know exists, and I would even argue in every atom and element and molecule that you and I don't even know exists, that God is the creator and from him they were created. He's not just a baker grabbing things that someone brought him and mixing them together. He brought forth all of it. And that in this, because the Bible says in the beginning is that in this we set time in God. We set time in God because God has always been even before time. Just as he always will be, God always was. Creation has a beginning, but God doesn't. We have a beginning, but God doesn't. God existed. Now, my mind struggles with that because everything I know has a birth date and everything I know has an expiration date. But God doesn't. God doesn't. He always was, always 
is and always will be. I think it's interesting that every idea about creation is a theory, number one, which means this, it can't be proven. But number two has a birth date. Every idea of creation has a birth date, which means this. Every idea of creation except the biblical narrative of creation will also have an expiration date. It'll have an expiration date because it's not in God. So, so here's what we, what we see. We see this massive piece of creation, again, that you and I can't understand. We see earth, but without form. We have water, but with no shore. We have light, we have morning, we have evening, but we have no sun. And we gotta be careful on this because sometimes in the Bible, we hear the word heaven and we think of heaven as in heaven, but here we see little h plural heavens because heaven always was. And so we see this form and we see God as the creator and we see his means of creation. Again, it's not grabbing elements, it's not grabbing ingredients. What does God do? God speaks. And from the power of his very word, creation is formed. And it's gonna be from the power of the word that comes that we're gonna find eternal life. And it's gonna be the, from the power of the truth of his written word that we will carry. That in creation, God speaks. Now, what God does here, well, the reason why I had you underline this word created is we're gonna see two different words as we walk through these days. We're gonna see created, and we're gonna see the word made. We're gonna talk about made here in just the next day that we'll look at. But in this word, we see that God created, and it is the word bara, B-A-R-A, that God created. And this word bara means that God created something from nothing, right? So you may feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but it's so important that we understand this. There was no air, there was no atmosphere, there was no elements, there was no molecules, there was no anything floating around that can randomly bump into each other. God spoke and, and creation formed by the very word of God. God broad from his very word, something came from nothing. And then God gives blessing and God saw that it was good. And we begin to see in these pieces the totality of what's gonna be in the universe. And I love this, and this is gonna be what we see in this early account of Genesis over and over and over again. So there's creation, and it's this weird creation that you and I don't understand. It's earth without form, it's water separated by void, but in this what we see is that then creation did what it was created to do. Earth was earth, water was water, heavens were heaven, light was light even without sun, I don't know. 
But this is what we see in the first day. And then look at verse 6 through 8. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. Verse 7, and here's going to be the word made. And God made the expanse and separated the waters, and there were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And so here's what we see in day two. What God gives us is the sky and the atmosphere. Now, here before God bara, B-A-R-A in, in day one, but now here that was God created. But here in day two, it doesn't say in verse seven, and God created, but it says that God made. It says that God made. And this is, this is interesting. I think this is very important as we understand the work of God. So this word for made is the word asah, A-S-A-H. So two different words on two different days. On day number one, God created, and on day number two, God made. On day number one, we see Barah. On day number two, we see Asah. And what we see here from this word is God begins to give order into his creation. So the word Asah means to do or to make, to accomplish to the point of completion. So what we begin to see is that God, as God has created, now God is diving into and making and giving distinction in order to his creation. So in two days of creation, God brings matter and light into existence, right? And then begins to take the matter and light and water and give it order and give it structure. And we see this with the waters, that the waters were separated from one another. So we see the divides that begin to happen here in this, right? And, and now what we find with God is that God is going to have this pattern that's going to flow in creation. I believe this is off the top of my head, so I'm sorry. If I'm getting this incorrect, but I believe three times what we are going to see is the word created, bara, and then every other time we're going to see the word that God made as we go through this account. So this is the pattern that God's going to do. He's going to create creation, and then from that, he's going to, he's going to assah, he's going to complete, he's going to give order and set creation in its place and complete the work of its creation. Now, I want to try to use an illustration of, of what this kind of looks like. Thinking a lot about this, and this helps my mind understand it, but I want uh, to, to set a little uh, um, disclosure beforehand. In the illustrations that we use to explain creation, let's admit there's flaws in them. Because we're incapable of doing what God did. We're incapable. We can't do this. Watch, try to speak something into, into existence, right? Like, I'm going to try really hard. Cheeseburger, right? Nothing. Cheeseburger, nope. All right. Crystal cheeseburger, right? It's smaller, so maybe that. Like, we can't do that. So any illustration that we give about creation is going to lack, but I think it helps us understand this process that we're, we're seeing. So I, I want you to think of the, the illustration or the piece of a puzzle. 
of a puzzle, okay? So what we see are these pieces that are there and that exist, and, and it's not that they don't exist, but what we find is the, the creator, God is taking these pieces of creation that he has, and he's putting them together in the formation so that it can begin to look like what we see. That's the beauty of what we're going to see as we go through the days of creation. That, that in a little while, we're going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. Oh, yeah, 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 I know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. And we begin to see as the maker of the heavens and the earth are putting these things together. At first, it looks like this jumbled mess that we don't know and that we don't understand. But God's just saying, just watch me as I work through this process of what I'm doing. So verse 9 Continues on, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the waters that were together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kind, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And so what we see in day three is we see dry land and plant life. We see dry land and plant life. The Bible tells us that seas and, and this land begin to appear in the divisions that are there. That God, that, that plants appear and plant reproduction has been designed, right? So yes and amen, even early on, what do we see? Pollen. <laughs> right? And we see there's going to be plants that self-pollinate. And there's going to be plants that cross-pollinate. And there's gonna be a process of fertilization that happens and takes place. And God created in this, what we see from these words is God created the finished product, the growing product, and the beginning product. So God created the seed, God created the fruit, and God created the tree. All in this, we, we, we see and they exist and they are found here. And within this, all plants and all kinds that they come from the earth are, are here. And so when you, when the beauty of this is we, now this is the pieces that we can begin to understand. So when you plant something from seed and you see it grow from the ground and you see it get bigger and bigger and you see it reproduce, Yesterday, I went out and we were, we were working, getting our garden ready for this spring because for whatever reason, it decided to turn springtime in February and maybe we're gonna get like three days of winter that just ruined my peach trees, right? But you can look right now on my peach trees that are planted in the backyard and there's one of them, has somewhere between probably 70 and 100, well, just, just little small peaches that are there. Let me just see this design. And so if you're, want to join me in prayer, just pray we can stay in the 40s, right, for these next few days. I really like peaches, right? But, but we're seeing this. So when we walk out and you have that little in your throat, 
from the pollen. It's just a reminder to praise the Lord. That's all it is, right? We're seeing this exist. And we see seas and oceans and lakes and rivers and streams and, and they have their banks. And, and, and I believe this is, this is just once again the reminder and creation once again did what it was supposed to do. And it continues to do this until today. It's what we begin to understand. From an apple seed comes an apple tree. From an apple tree becomes the fruit of the apple. From the beginning of time until now. Look at verse 14. And God said, let there be lights. Now remember, he's created light. But now let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. Verse 16, and God made Asa the two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and to rule over the night and separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And so we see the stars and the heavenly bodies. I love the, the description of what's there in verse 17. It's just one of those verses that my mind is just captivated on when we think about the bigness and the greatness of God. What does it say? That God set them. He set them. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm putting them in the place that I desire them to be. Right? And so every time we discover something new in outer space, God's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I set that there. I set that there. Every time we, we have a theory or we have a thought about things that are light years upon light years upon light years away, God's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know. I set that there. The very hand and work of God, I set that there. And so here in day four, in the process of God continuing in the bringing of life to this earth, we see the formation of the seasons. We see spring, we see summer, we see fall, we see winter. For South Carolina, he designed summer one, summer two, summer three, and summer four, and gave us all of them, right? But we see what he gave us. We see the sun and the moon are created. And while now, while evening and morning have existed, we see these now in their association with daytime and nighttime. What we see at the end of day four is creation, but no living creatures. And so what we see is God created in day one, 
And then in day two, in day three, in day four, God begins to give order and placement as he makes the different aspects of what we see in creation. And then look at verse 29. I'm sorry, verse 20, in verse 20. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. Verse 21, so God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And so what we see in day five is all life in water and life in the air. And here again, we see Barah as God creates living creatures and is going to continue with this. And we see the creatures of the water, everything that swims and moves. And so if here, if you like fishing, this is a big day for you, right? You celebrate this. We see the creatures of the water, and we see the creatures of the air. And I never thought about this, but I read a guy, so I don't know. This is just interesting to me. He said, in the creatures of this air, this is where we see the birds and the insects that fly. So as our flies and mosquitoes begin to take over us and begin in that, right along with the pollen, right, we begin to process through of what has taken place. And then God says this, be fruitful and multiply. And so what God says is, as I've created you, now you go, be fruitful, multiply, reproduce, so that this process continues on in how I've wired you and what I've called you to do. And in this, they swam, they flew, each according to its kind. So birds with birds, fish with fish, insects with insects, even broken down into the species of both. God designs it. And it's part of creation and perfection to go and, and participate in and do this. And so God continues, verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, and livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And, so, and God made the beast of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So we're just calling this day six, part one. Creatures on the dry land. And God continues, as in day five, his work in day six. God continues his process of making creatures. From creation, he begins to, and he continues to make, and he makes the creatures of the land, the livestock, the beast, and my least favorite thing, the things that creep, right? The things that creep as well. And this is what we see in this. And again, each to their own 
kind. And at the end of day six, part one, we'll get part two in a second, we're going to see the fullness of creation minus one pretty big piece. Mankind. And God has created it all. Every creature, every plant, every element, every atom, every molecule. And in all of this, as God does, he says, it's good. It's good. Now verse 26. Then God said, let us, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let's pause here in verse I think two or three of Genesis one, we saw we saw the the, the spirit of God hovered over the waters. The, the the Holy Spirit of the Lord hovered there. And now what we begin to see in verse twenty six is a conversation. Not necessarily just God speaking something into existence, but the conversation. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. In verse 27, so God created Barah, man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I've given you every plant seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast on the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I've given every green plant for food, and it was so, and God saw everything that he had made, all of the order of what's there, and behold, it was very good. It was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. And so in day six, part two, what we see is mankind, man and woman, come into existence. And the culmination of what Barah and Asah, as he creates, as he's made, and he gives order, and he gives placement, and he gives responsibility, and God's made. And God looks at this. And now... It's not just good, but now it's very good. It's very good. I think it's very good for a lot of reasons. But, but in verse 26, we see the Trinitarian language in the creation account. We see the Trinity. Let us make man in our image. God the Father, God the Son, God the 
Spirit. Now, we're going to talk about this more uh, in week three uh, when we come back in a couple of weeks as we look at the formation of man and woman and what that means for us in Genesis chapter two. But there's some important things that I want us to see and draw from this as we look at the overview of creation this morning. And we see not the creation of but we see the, 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 the giving of us, the, the presenting to us of the Trinity. God says, let us, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, make man in our image. So here's what's so important for us to understand with this. God doesn't create Jesus. Instead, Jesus took on the form of man. God doesn't create his spirit. Instead, the spirit indwells redeemed man and works as, as God determines that his spirit, that he will work. And we see the Trinity here in creation as active in creation. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit in their working of what they have called to do as God does. And so God makes man. He makes man. And when I say man as we move forward, I'm talking about mankind. God makes man in his image. And he makes man over all living creatures. And he makes them in his image. You see, mankind will be unique from all other creation. Man is made to resemble God. Man is creative as God is creator. Man lives in fellowship as we see the fellowship of the Lord and man is given authority. Mankind is different than any other part, any other piece, any other aspect of creation. And when God creates them, he creates man as male and female. As God creates all life, he does so in a manner that shows that life is meant to be able to reproduce itself. And so as he did with the plants, as he did with the livestock, as he did with the fish, as he did with the birds, he does so with man. And he sets them forth to reproduce and to be as male and female. And God sees all that is there. And it's very good. When we look forth in days one through five, what we see God doing in each and every day is creating and making for the culmination of what God creates on day six. For the order in which God is going to place. We, we see the purpose of creation. We see the order of creation from the very hand of God. And it is good, and it is good, and it is good. And then he creates mankind. And he places them in creation as he gives them life. And years later, after the brokenness that's penetrated the heart of all of mankind, in God's purpose, and in God's order, and in God's time, he'll send his son. And through his son, 
what man will find is true life, life eternal. Let's look at day seven. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. And so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all of his work that he had done in creation. Remember, I asked you, please don't let me be a heretic or or, or say this, but God created, God Barah and Assad on day one through six. And on day seven, God shows us, God gives us something that had not existed until that morning. And this is largely what we're going to talk about next week. God shows us rest. God shows us rest. And it's beautiful to see because here's the deal. (laughs) At the end of day six, God wasn't tired. He wasn't. Yesterday I worked out in the yard and I came in and I was spent, right? I had plans to do, things that I wanted to do that night and what it culminated to for me was 7.30, 8 o'clock I got in bed, like something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm done, I mean I can't do anymore. I'm spent. That's not God. But there's significance that God said, no, on this day, I'm going to rest. We're going to do something a little bit uh, different this morning. I'm going to go ahead and ask the band if they'll come up on stage. And if you're one of our prayer encouragers, I'm going to ask if you'll go ahead and and move into place. Next week, we're going to look at these verses. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what it means to rest. What is biblical rest? But what I want us to do this morning is is understand this. Like, rest means a little bit more than taking a nap, right? Rest means more than sitting back on the couch for a couple of hours. What we're going to look like is as creation, what does it mean to rest in the Lord? We're going to start that this morning. Now, here's where things are going to be a little bit different. Normally at this time, I close with a prayer. I close with some instructions. But I want to take a minute and and do something different. We're going to bring the, the house lights down. Our response is going to be this. I just want us to rest in the Lord. when I get done, normally we all stand and sing together. But I want to allow you to maybe just sit there a little while longer if that's what you want to do. Now, at any point in time, our prayer encouragers are in place. And if you need someone to pray with you, they'd be more than happy to, to pray with you. So please feel free to move around 
the room as the Lord leads you. But here's what I want you to do. This is, I'm gonna admit, like this is different. This is, maybe you're thinking, Bo, this is weird. Just walk with me on this. We're gonna rest with the Lord. We're gonna rest in the Lord. So here's what I want you to do, everybody in the room. Everybody in the room, I want you to go ahead and close your eyes. Close your eyes. And as hard as it is, I just want you to empty your mind. Just ask God to help you let go of the stresses, of the busyness, of the work, of the conflict, of where you have to be next, what you have to do. Just take a moment and just release. And as your mind begins to fill with other things, here's what you do. Just begin to think about God. about his creation. Thank you. 
grace and his mercy. Just rest in him. Rest in the joy of your salvation. Rest. You didn't save you. He saved you. You and I couldn't be perfect, so he was perfect. You and I need forgiveness, and so he forgives. Rest in start to play if you need to let your worship be your rest if you need to stand and respond to him then do just respond to God Lord may we rest in Thanks again for listening, and be sure to check back next week for another episode. In the meantime, you can visit us at willowridgechurch.org or by searching for Willow Ridge Church on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.